Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the First World Manila podcast. First World Manila is a brand that makes learning and being engaged with long-term economic policies and urban development policies and cultural revitalization with regards to Manila and the Philippines interesting uh, for the broader public. So, in a word, it is what I call aspirational advocacy. So it's not just about selling a dream and a lifestyle, but also getting people educated on how we can achieve um, a first world Manila, so, so to speak, right? in a rich and developed Philippines with inclusive economic growth and among other things, of course. Okay, uh, my name is Ramon Rodrigo Calo Cuenca, CFA. I am the founder and director of First World Manila. And I also apologize in advance if I guess uh, my neighbors are kind of loud tonight, so there might be some noise in the background. I don't know. Maybe they're drinking, partying. I don't know. But anyways, I just want to apologize to you in advance for that. Okay. In case some kind of noise pops up. Okay. Um, this episode, we're going to be talking about the recent news that the Philippines... Uh, fell by nine notches in a in a in a recent uh, global ranking of competitive uh, economies. This was done by. Let's see, I'm just gonna pull up the news article here from CNN Philippines. This was done by. This ranking was done by. Um, the Switzerland-based business school, International Institute of Management Development. So they actually conduct this survey in partnership with the Asian Institute of Management, so AIM. Over in, uh, if you don't know AIM, they're a business school here. They're based in Makati. You know that school right right next to Greenbelt, so that's that's AIM. And yeah, um, and, uh, and I'm just reading from this CNN Philippines article. And again, of course, every link I talk to about, about here or I refer to, uh, I will share the link in the description of this podcast episode. Okay, um, the, in its 2018 World Competitiveness Rankings, IMD, which is again, in, uh, International Institute for Management Development, said the Philippines fell by nine places to 50th among 63 countries. So that's not good news. There were, um, basically the IM, IMB ranked these countries on four main factors. So again, I'm gonna read here. The Philippines dropped and ranked in all four main factors in assessing competitiveness, economic performance, government efficiency, business efficiency, and infrastructure. Okay. Among these, the biggest drop was in economic performance. So basically the economic performance was weaker, and that's one major reason why the Philippines went down this ranking by nine notches. But I'd like to point out what's interesting is... The lowest, okay, so remember that there are four sort of stats that this ranking is looking at for for different, for ranking different countries. But the lowest ranked stat for the Philippines is, surprise, surprise, infrastructure. So for for the, a number of you have watched my first YouTube video, uh, How to Fix the Philippines, and basically infrastructure is one major, major problem in this in this country, uh, according to the WEF, the World Economic Forum, aside from obviously the number one problem, which which is the um, which is go which is government efficiency. So, I mean, this this is not a surprise at all. So, uh, 
what's interesting is that this 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 particular CNN article on this on this news did uh, quote the I'm IMB, uh, sorry, excuse me, IMD briefing paper uh, with regards to Philippine infrastructure. So, and, and I'm reading, I'm going to read again from the, from CNN Philippines, which is actually quoting IMB. Okay. Uh, this is regarding the lowest ranking for the Philippines infrastructure. Okay. This reflects the need to address poor infrastructure in the Philippines, not just physical infrastructure that the current administration's Build, Build, Build program seeks to address, but also social infrastructure that promotes human capital formation such as education and research and development. It further states, poor infrastructure limits many economic possibilities in the Philippines. As an example, airport congestion, road conditions, excuse me, poor condition of roads, and inadequate public transportation prevents full maximization of the potential of tourism. It also hinders businesses from reaching potential markets and consumers from reaching all alternative suppliers of goods and services. So, okay, this is sort of like, duh. If, if, and I'm sure 99.9% .9 of the people listening to this podcast live in Manila in the Philippines, so obviously infrastructure is a big problem, and I've talked about it on and off in this, um, in this podcast. Um, I'm scrolling through some notes here. Okay. So basically, and I'm just paraphrasing the C the CNN article. Like basically, the the Malacanang uh, the response was that they were pointing to things like the Build 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 program, among other things, like the K to twelve education program, and other things that are happening. The search for a third telecommunications player. Uh, let's hope that 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 happens and the shift to federalism as ways that the government is working on building a more competitive nation. So um, build, build, build is kind of, I think everyone's on agreement with infrastructure. Uh, so is obviously better education, free medicine. A shift to federalism is kind of, I think it's pretty political, but the others are, I think, I think based on my observations, there's, there's more consensus towards those first few bullet points of pallets, the, the Malacayang listed. Okay. It's interesting, though, that CNN did mention that the, the National Competitive Council co-chair, Bill Luz, said that the survey that IMB did was should re really just reflect, you know, to be fair, to reflect 2017 and not 2018. So hopefully there's more good stuff coming. But the question is, is there? <laughs> I want to show you guys a chart now. Now that I've kind of briefed you on what's happening. I want to show you guys and girls a chart. And for those of you listening on audio, I will describe it to you that Rappler put out uh, when they covered the same news. So, and I'm going to minimize my face over here Hold on. to see this rank. What is that? Stupid pop-up ad. Okay. All right. Philippines World Competitive Yearbook Rankings 2014 to 2018. So, this is a five-year chart, a five-year line chart, and I'm showing to uh, people watching on YouTube. But And for those who are li listening on audio, I will describe it. The, basically, it's a flat line. So the Philippines has been having hovering around like the 40th place. 40, 2014, it was 42nd place. 2015, it was 41st place. Uh, 2016, it was 42nd again, and then 41 on 2017. So up and down one rank for the past few years. And then in 2018, took a nosedive. So to, to 50. So again, nine, nine notches from the 41st place to 50th place. So uh, this, this, 
what we call in finance the seasonal factor to this is uh, obviously near-term economic uh, problems potentially with a, with a country with the economy slightly slowing down. But uh, that's what that's the immediate reason, according to the news, according to CNN. Um, but you know, like one, and then again, since this is another. I'm, by the way, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm from the finance industry originally before I started this project. Um, for the, uh, there's a saying in finance that one, one data point does not make a trend. So maybe this 50th place drop is a, is a one-off and we'll get back to the uh, high 40s. So for me, okay, it, this might be a one-off, but um, um What's more concerning to me is that we're just we've just been hovering around forty second to forty first place, and even though this is just one ranking, I mean, are, are you really surprised that we're just kind of stuck in one place no matter what happens? Uh, it's unfortunate, really. Just looking over my notes here. Okay, so that's the this is the chart for rapid. So it's, it's kind of eye opening that even if we move back up. I mean, who knows? We, we might be hovering around the high 40s ranking, ranking in this ranking for the foreseeable future. Who knows? Um, when this news came out, I saw this on social media, and someone actually commented on the on, on my Facebook uh, news feed that, like, wondering, didn't we just wasn't there just some positive news just a few weeks ago that we were uh, S and P was going to increase our credit ratings, you know, based on better fundamentals for the country. I mean, that's true, but again, speaking as someone from the finance industry, oh, I'm going to remove this ad, excuse me, this pop-up ad here. Uh, skip ad, here we go, skip ad, okay. So yeah, th there is some news about that, but basically what SMP is really trying to ascertain is or ascertain is uh, um, is whether the Philippines can pay back its debt or not. So obviously, all these things are interrelated. But the most immediate thing that S and P and like all these like Fitch and Moody's, what their immediate concern is whether or not the Philippines can pay off its debt. So that's you know you're looking at the at the uh, at the country's balance of payments, so how much money the government has to pay off its debt, basically, that's that's doesn't necessarily uh, really. It's not necessarily talking about you know quality of life <laughs> for the Philippines. I mean, theoretically, theoretically, the Philippines could pay off its debt but have a really crappy quality of life for its citizens. So, so it's not. I mean, by the whenever you see like uh, Philippine credit rating upgrade. You know, I know that it's been in the, in the news quite often for the past couple of years. Um, always think that you know that they're the these 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 rating agencies are just asserted, are just um, forecasting whether the Philippines can pay off its debt, which helps too because it can get that means the Philippines can um, can get uh, can get cheaper loans. So it, it is interrelated. So ideally, and I, I talked about this. I think I talked about this a few weeks ago in my uh, podcast about the subway. That Philippines can use cheap loans, basically paying a low interest rate to finance infrastructure build out. But again, can we do it? 
Okay. I do want to give some background information before answering that question. So I'm going to pull out our trusty, let's see, Arankada. I don't have it. Oh, well, here we go. So if you recall uh, the first episode of this podcast, I mentioned that this, uh, this advocacy called Arankada, which is basically about making business easier to do here in the Philippines, they've actually listed all the things that basically needs to be done so that we're basically a better off economy and country with a higher standard of living for people. So I'm going to pull out that Arankada, the 2017 list again, assuming that Adobe doesn't take forever to load. Okay, oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I, won't, I won't scroll down to the page, but there is a section here where uh, Arankada does talk about uh, infrastructure and just some a background, basically giving a background into what's what's been happening. Uh, if you recall, some of you may recall that under the previous pr uh, administration under Aquino, there was this uh, program called PPP, which stood for Public Private Partnership Program, and the idea was to use uh, the, the the idea was that the private and public sector would join join hands and basically build roads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, what's uh, Duterte is basically continuing this under under uh, his administration's program, which is build, 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 with some with two key policy changes here. Um, the first being uh, uh, the the administration will be welcoming unsolicited proposals. So basically, anyone, any major player can come up to the government and say, "Hey, I want to build this. What do you think?" So. That's one thing. The second, uh, the second policy change was allowing for hybrid projects, where the public sector will build, will first build the infrastructure projects. I'm just reading this uh, verbatim, or verbatim and paraphrasing, and <clears throat> but bid out operations and managements. For example, operating uh, a highway to the private sector. So it's a mix of both. So that's, that's interesting. But basically, aside from those two key changes, it's I mean, it's more or less the same. But the question is, why, why, why hasn't anything really been built? Even though, like, and again, I'll get this a bit later, but uh, there's been an increase in government spending on, on infrastructure. Um, and I, here I will read from Anankada. Okay. Government procurement policy, so basically getting things done, have been criticized as delayed by right-of-way acquisition problems extended bidding procedures, judicial interference, and the requirement to award to the lowest cost, but not often the best quality bidder for these projects. So basically politics. So politics, again, in, in my view, you know, you can have all these things that, okay, everyone knows more or less what we need to do to fix infrastructure here, but like, it's one thing to think about it and like, listen down, it's another thing to do it in reality. The execution is, for me, just, Based on everything I've read and everything, including everything I'm, I'm talking about in this podcast for this episode that I've read to you, like it's just, it's again, execution. And as I mentioned in my first YouTube video, how to fix the Philippines, it's, it's a focus on getting things done. Okay. So that's sort of the underlying problem is for me, execution. So it's funny that infrastructure had this problem though, because, uh, you know, um, going back a bit to what to what uh, IMB was saying, or IMD, sorry, IMB or IMD, um, IMD, 
IMD pala. Okay. Going back to what IMD was saying was that it's not just physical infrastructure, it's also like it's also like education, for example. And to, to be fair to both administrations, Aquino and Duterte, like we've actually been moving up the World Economic Forum rankings in terms of in terms of education. So like spending on education has increased and so has the length of uh, education. So that's actually okay. So we've actually done something correct there. But like why is it why is it infrastructure? Why is it infrastructure such a big problem here? And that's something that I don't know. I'm I'm learning along with you, like what the sort of the nuts and bolts are, but I mean I'm pretty sure there are I mean, overall, I mean, on the broader scale, there's definitely politics involved. Obviously, in, I mean, the Alakada did mention right of way problems, for example. So that's that could be messy. Uh, so what else? Um, okay. See, I'm just going over my notes again. Yeah, so actually Business World also released a an assessment. There was, an, a, I guess, an op-ed in Business World that was talking about uh, infrastructure in 2017. And basically, uh, spending actually increased uh, to 3.6% of GDP and exceeded uh, its target by 19.4 billion pesos. So the spending is there. The, uh, the the list of what we have to do is there, but again, it's execution. So, uh, it's, again, it's just getting things done. So, if you um, if you look at uh, I mean, if you if you really just uh, bring it down to what's sort of underlying everything, it's um it's really because of execution and why why is it again because of execution or why why can't we execute it's for me in my opinion it's really because we have to develop again here's where the culture part comes in uh it's basically because we have to develop values shared values that put the country and the nation above the above our own self-interests so I'm going to continually be harping about this on and on and on in this podcast that we have to develop a solid national identity and a vision and, and, and something we can aspire to, which I really think is part, part of the roots of our problem. Because really to get over like, um, to get over like these me or my family or my, my clan first attitude, we have, to, we have to identify with something much larger beyond ourselves. So that's really going to the crux of this problem in my opinion. So it's a very... For me, uh, culture is a big uh, problem that has to be solved. And again, uh, for First World Mandela, that's one of the things I'm trying to do is to really to is really to repackage our culture and our national identity and to our, for ourselves, so that we can all come together and really execute and get these infrastructure problems fixed. Uh, whatever um, part of society you belong to. Okay. That's it for today. Uh, I just want to leave you with the Spanish Tagalog vocab. So Spanish is, no, the Spanish word is nosotros. Nosotros means tayo. Nosotros, tayo, we, nosotros. So then 
That's the Spanish Tagalog vocab for today, and that's your little cultural lesson, rediscovering our culture, our national culture. Okay, uh, that's it for today's episode. If you like what you listen to, please do think about subscribing, uh, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.